0: Hey guys, just to let you all know, this was recorded last week on August 24th on Thursday. This is before North Korea launched a missile that flew over Japan and threatened them. Uh, things have obviously escalated a little bit to North Korea. Uh, this episode was recorded before then and that may have changed some of our opinions. Uh, Phil says he's even more in favor of intervention now. But just to let you all know what's what context our opinions were colored in and some of them might not be exactly the same. Mine is, I'm always right. Uh, this task of dating the episode is usually Ryan's job. He's not in this episode. So obviously, we fucked it up. Sorry.
1: Dancing single file. Make sure and smile. Throw them on the pile. Without trial. Kim Jong-style. Welcome to Oops, I Talk to Politics, a left-wing political podcast where we talk about politics. I'm Phil. I'm sorry. I'm Daryl. And I'm Lauren. Hi! Welcome. You're not Ryan.
2: I'm not Ryan.
1: Yeah, You're better, Ryan. I was (laughs) about to say, we we, we just upgraded the show.
2: Aw, yeah. With my fancy recording equipment inside my fancy closet.
3: Are you in your closet?
2: Yeah. It has
3: great acoustics. Oh, yeah.
2: Uh, slides in the closet, too, don't worry. (laughs) Oh, sweet. Good. Here we all are together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh... So Lauren uh, was a guest star on a previous uh, guest host episode, uh, but maybe introduce yourself again, just for people who didn't see the episode.
2: Sure. Uh, I'm Lauren. I am pretty left-wing as far as politics go, and my focus in terms of politics today is on healthcare and women's
1: rights. Cool. You were female Sly during that women's episode,
2: right? I was absolutely female Sly, but yeah. Sly is here today, so now it's like there's two of him.
3: Yeah, well, that's... that's it's a little overbearing right now. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, Phil and Daryl are going to leave
1: after like 10 minutes.
3: <laughs> yeah, one of the slides has to go. It'll
2: just be us yelling Yeah, two slides
1: is voice. too many. <laughs> yeah. um, one that's... slice too many for most people. <laughs> <laughs> you may know Lauren from our Facebook group. Um, if you are in Oops! I Talked Divisive Issues, you she's one of our more uh, active commenters. Um, and today, we have her on, because we're going to be talking about North Korea. Um... And I need to start off talking a little bit of backstory here. I know it might be a little boring, but it's kind of Wait, should
0: We should at quickly mention why it's relevant, because uh, Trump is threatening war with North Korea, basically.
1: Yeah, they've been having, uh, Trump and Kim Jong-un have been having a uh, pissing contest where Kim Jong-un says, I'm going to blow up the US, and he's like, if you fucking try, I'll blow up North Korea um, through tweets and <laughs> and such. Um, You up North Korea through tweets, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Um, So, it's interesting to even talk about North Korea at all because for the longest time there was only one Korea. Uh, This whole North-South Korea thing is a pretty recent affair because um, Korea has been a unified empire for a very long time. Um, Traditionally, it was like a tribute state to China, like everything else in Asia. They had a relationship where China lets them do their thing as long as they pay tribute to them every year. Um, That started to change, however, in modern times when Japan industrialized and China didn't. And with the first Sino-Japanese War, Japan goes over and kicks China's ass, and as part of the treaty, the peace treaty, they say, your traditional tributary relationship with Korea is broken. They are no longer your vassal, they are an independent country now. And the modern-day Korean Empire is born. Um, But obviously the reason Japan was doing this was because they wanted Korea. So, like, 10 years later, 1910, Japan annexes Korea, says, tough shit, and... Yeah, it's around the time of World War II. Yeah, shit about happening. 30 years before World War II, um, Japan is trying to create their own Asian empire. They're like, China's old news. We're the modern industrial nation in Asia. We're going to take over. So they annex Korea. Korea says, we don't want to be annexed. Japan says, too bad. They use military force to repress them. They force them to change their names to Japanese names. They try to eradicate their culture uh tons of fun things that japan does um
2: Uh, uh,
0: did (laughs) not it's not a current problem (laughs)
2: did oh don't forget about the comfort women and the lying about it oh
1: yes good point uh during world war ii um korean women were used as comfort women a euphemism that i'm sure we can all figure out what it means they would go along with the army uh, and be used as prostitutes um and raped by the soldiers of the japanese army um, and this, is, this was the state of Korea for, uh, for about 30 years. They were fighting for independence and constantly being repressed, um, and this is where people like Kim Il-sung come out of. He's Kim Jong-un's grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, he was someone who wanted freedom for Korea, and he went and trained with the Soviets. So World War II happens, Japan loses, their territories get occupied, so we have um, Russia and the Western allies rushing to occupy as fast as possible, um, the same way they did with Germany. As the Russians and the Western Allies rush in, they both try to claim as much territory as possible. Um, The Russians roll into the North and start putting communists in key positions, like Kim Il-sung. And the U.S. does the same in the South, where they set up a military protectorate, really. And And both
0: sides always claim that they're the real uh, Korea, and one
1: day Korea will be joined as one. Yeah, everyone actually pretty much assumed Korea will be joined as one. The Koreans assumed this, the U.S. and Russians assumed this, and... The, the plan was to... The the Soviets and the U.S. would come up with some way to reunify the country. Um, however, the Cold War obviously breaks out immediately. And this this falls apart. So they pass this over to the U.N. and say, hey, we gotta do something about this. Um, they're not very successful with this either. And basically, two countries are formed out of this. It's It's really considered temporary, but... We have two independent It's like
0: 60 years, to, or more even you now, like 80 years temporary? Yeah.
1: At the time, they said, this is temporary. Um, the U.S. backs this guy in the South named Syngman Rhee. He's an ardent anti-communist. Um, and the North is backing Kim Il-sung, super-communist. Uh, and then we have two different countries. The, you guys know the Korean War, probably. The North... Uh, North Korea with the backing of the Soviet Union invades South Korea to reunify it by force um, and one thing a lot of people don't know is the South, even though we considered like a US war where the US defended the South, it was actually a UN action um, the, yeah, U- it was. It, the United Nations said we have to protect South Korea from North Korean aggression um, I mean the US was like 85% of the troops, but it was still a UN sanctioned war, uh, defensive action. Um, they fought over that for a good five years. Um, first the North is winning, then the South is winning, then the Chinese join. I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but in the end, there's a stalemate. Both countries, uh, agree on the 38th parallel as a demilitarized zone where they say, this is where we'll keep the border. No troops are allowed here. And technically they're still at war. That was a ceasefire. There, 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 was, there was not actually a peace treaty. Um, they agreed to stop shooting each other for a little bit. And that's been... They've, they've stopped shooting each other for 70 years now. Um, but U.S. soldiers are still... They still have a large presence on the border. Um, if you're uh, U.S. military personnel stationed overseas, you're probably either in Germany or South Korea. Uh, we have thousands of troops stationed there in case the North does try to attack again. Um also serves so we talk, as like a nice yeah. uh, proxy
3: base to China too.
1: Yeah, that's why yeah. we have troops in
3: Japan too, Okinawa. Yep. Um,
0: how do you guys feel about the Korean War? Out of curiosity, how do you guys feel about the Korean War? Because like that's one of the wars we're consi- we consider, like we consider World War Two to be the last righteous war, and Korea to be a bad war. But like uh, there's some argument to be made that preventing uh, South Korea to be uh, become like North Korea was a good and of itself. Right on the other hand, we also did a lot of damage from Korea in the meantime, too. Yeah, there's,
3: um, there's some commentary about the the Korean War that it was kind of like the proto-Vietnam War. It's just yeah. that it didn't have as much of a focus. Like, the media wasn't so focused on so a lot of people didn't know what was happening during that time. Vietnam
2: it, with an end.
3: Yeah, a lot of people didn't want to fight in that war either. It's just that Vietnam was the more popular-unpopular war. But the
1: question I think that slide brings up is really interesting. Was in in retrospect, was it like were were we were we in the right to defend South Korea? And it's, um, this is like a
0: very like uh, after way after the fact. Yeah, because we, I, now we can see what happened in North yeah. Korea, what happened in South Korea, <laughs> and we saved so many lives from being in the same boat as North yeah. Korea. That's an important thing. The,
1: their their economy, quality of life, you know everything is much higher, obviously, in South yeah. Korea and. It is one of those things that at the time they were obviously doing it to try to stop Soviet and communist um, expansion, but at the same time, like, is that is it not good to ha- to protect those people from the the other side? Though the criticism is that the 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 government of South Korea was a pretty brutal military dictatorship too. They weren't. Yeah, it's true. They, they weren't. And also, yeah. South Korea was
0: worse for a while than North Korea. during yeah. like the period afterwards. So it's like now, now, and this is how far retrospect might carry you. Like now, North, South Korea is better, but at the time, it might have been more obvious that North Korea winning might have been okay, like less of a egregious offense.
1: the The question though is like, yeah, South Korea was was also repressive; they were killing leftists and communists to try to flush them out because they thought everyone was like a North Korean sympathizer. Um, but at the same time, the North was also they were already setting up concentration camps and and you know, purging people. Um, so, I don't know. It's it's hard to what say.
0: What do you guys? What, what do Lauren and uh, Daryl think? Do you have? Are you like? I don't know. It's just a complicated issue to
2: talk about. No, it's definitely a complicated issue. We, uh, America, does enough installing, mili- like military dictators into um, different kinds of countries and messing around with them. But I think the fact that it was more of a UN effort, like it wasn't yeah. just America. Like, let's mess up Vietnam. Um, it was like a huge. Uh, effort by all different kinds of countries there were greek troops um british troops australian troops all kinds of people who thought that like we need to protect these people from the attack from the north so i feel like because it was a coalition backed by multiple countries who believed it was the right thing to do i think that gives it more weight on the pro side than the con side it wasn't like vietnam where everyone wasn't going to touch that with a 10-foot pole except the united states because they didn't want That's to It's
0: That's a good point the, uh, It being the being United nations uh, effort is a big distinction than stuff something like Iraq or Vietnam. Correct. But as
1: the Soviets pointed out, the the UN was largely a US instrument at the time. Mm-hmm. They're like you they're like you guys have the most influence, so of course they're going to go along with you. So this is bullshit.
0: That is true, but like with something like Iraq, where the UN's like we do not back you on this. Yeah. I, I oh more yeah,
1: I, I totally agree. Yeah. And you yeah.
2: know, it's not like back when the Iraq war was happening that the United States had was like losing influence. It was still yeah. You know, back in 2003, one of the most, if not the most important nation economically and militarily in the world.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think so. the question that's going to keep coming up when we talk about North Korea is like um, this whole question of uh, not not just North Korea, but Iraq and other nations where, you know, the U.S. is often criticized as being way too much of like world police. And we've been this this has been an issue for the past, you know, decades, but the question of whether or not it is our role to go in and, you know, yeah, this guy's a, mil- a dictator, is killing his people, is that our job to go in and do something about it?
0: Yeah, for me, like, the question, the distinction is whether it's, like, a dictator that we have to overthrow versus, like, a country we have to protect from a foreign invader is le- a bit more clear, like, if a country's asking for our help and uh, versus a, a dictatorship that theoretically will be bad, uh, better if we removed him that's gets more like great great area regime change shit. That's true. So let's talk a little bit about the Kim's. Uh Daryl, what do you what do you know about them?
3: Uh actually not a lot because the North Koreans control the media in North Korea. So a lot of information that comes out of there um like we know a lot of history about Kim Song Il, which is the grandfather of Kim Jong Un and as it gets like further into the Kim Dynasty, it's harder to uh, find information about like how they work or what they're like, other than just you know what the propaganda arm of North Korea wants you to know.
0: And that's a problem with North Korea in general because there's so little contact with that region, and so much is propaganda that we don't know much. Of that of that well, we can't really distinguish distinguish what is fact and what is made up. Yeah, it's especially
3: Koreans. sad because their own people don't know a lot about what is made yeah. up and what is. Um, do you, so,
0: did you do you really want to, to know how like the the cult of personality shit started? Was that like immediate, or was it like
1: that's always a thing I always wondered about? Uh, I did not look that up. Okay, I, I think sorry for <laughs> putting on the spot. No, I think a a big thing that happened immediately is the the Kim started to purge um, dissidents out of the Com- the Korean Communist Party, like like we see with like Stalin and stuff. Where? Well, the, it was Stalin who kind of started the propaganda
2: for the, for the North Koreans. Like, when they still had a good relationship, Soviet Union started the propaganda with, like, the Soviets as these paternal communists teaching the naive North Korean children, like, what communism was about. Like, all mm-hmm. the posters were like a father-son relationship. And as that uh, relationship started to deteriorate in the real political landscape, the posters stayed, but then it was just Kim Il-sung, who was this brave freedom fighter, you know, protecting no- poor little North Korea from all these different imperialist dogs and capitalist interests.
1: Yeah, it's so pretty it was- standard communist propaganda where you have, yeah. like, the, the, the specific leader of the party is shown as, like, this, you know, um, mythical, like, f- like, father figure, like Lauren said. It's a really good way to put it. And, like they purge anyone in the party who disagrees with this, so the the cult of personality is partially, like, it, it's, you have to do that, or or be killed.
0: What else do you know about the uh, Kims, Daryl? Uh, hold on. Do you want us to do more of your segment for you? Sure.
3: Go ahead.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, well, do, do, uh Lauren and uh, Phil know any more about the Kims?
2: I mean, I know a whole lot about them, because most of... What children learn, and what the texts that are broadcast on the third channel day to day are like books and volumes of biographies that are full of all kinds of fun little lies about the Kim family.
1: And um, maybe they, maybe they're true, and we're being fed propaganda. Maybe he did actually, sink uh hole in one on his first time playing
3: golf.
0: Yes. Yeah, maybe when, when he was nine years old he did uh get a bullseye with all his shots
3: on uh, the target <laughs> he, range. He's also been said <laughs> that he invented the hamburger.
0: <laughs> so let's transition to Lauren then and tell us what you know about the Korean propaganda and all that shit. Oh going sure. On
2: um so like I said before the Korean propaganda really started with the Soviets and um it's uh Kim Il-sung was a very good learner. Uh he Employed all kinds of Soviet tactics, um, to introduce his people to the cult of personality that kind of pervades their culture now. But it was really his son, Kim Jong Il, who started to master the art of propaganda as cinema. Uh, allegedly, like, Kim Jong Il probably had like 20,000 DVDs in his collection. He wrote like a treatise on film in the 70s and he kidnapped um, a South Korean director and his ex wife, who was his actress, and forced them to make like North Korean films because he wanted, he saw film as the next um, frontier, and he believed that the only way North Korea could be great is if they too produced great films.
0: You know, something uh, Kim Jong il would do a lot is kidnap people and force them to do a uh, media shift for him.
2: Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I think there was a segment on John Oliver where he talked about North Korea yep. and he had a segment from one of the, um, one of the, the movies that they made. It was like Baby Godzilla or something.
3: Yeah, biting a sword.
2: <laughs> right, 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 right. Someone's about to get beheaded and, uh, he bites a sword. Um, the propaganda is. Everywhere, and it's broadcast on something called the third channel because, um, you know, as everybody knows, there is no information or media that is not state approved in North Korea. So basically, there are speakers everywhere that blast, like, the supposed quotes and sayings of um, Kim Jong il and Kim Il sung, and I assume now the wonderful things that uh, Kim Jong un has supposedly said when people have when school children have something called uh it's like a self-criticism session every week or several times a week they have to talk about things that they've done wrong in front of their classmates and then use a quote from one of the kims to explain how they could have done better
1: hmm how
2: so how do like, we they, so
1: what i'm curious like where do we get this information from is it defectors
2: yes all of this information that we have on north korea and daily life in north korea is from defectors who escaped from china and got to south korea where they had to be kind of deprogrammed and that's a really interesting process because you could be the elite of the elite in north korea and the only thing you're qualified to do in south korea is like be a dishwasher or you know um work as like a low level office worker and no one respects you because you're North Korean. Mm. And they go through this uh, three month long deprogramming camp where they learn what the world is like. And the phrase that keeps coming up is frogs in a well that North Koreans are frogs in a well because they can see this pinprick of light high above them, but they They don't really know what the world is like. Kind of like, um, you know, the...
3: The the, allegory of the cave, yeah, Thank you,
2: yes, exactly, like Plato's (laughs) allegory of the cave. So, um, there's been lots of books written from... The ones that I focused on were written by women. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me get their names, because they deserve to be named.
0: Um, Yeah, give them a shout-out on this, if you're listening.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The... There's a novel based on... It's, you know, a fictionalized account based on her true experiences by Lee Hyun-seo. And she talks about... Uh, she was someone who escaped North Korea and to go to university in South Korea. And then there's another one that... It does end up being more of a Christian, like, martyr fable. But what actually happened to this woman is true. And it's called Eyes of the Tailless Animals by Lee Soon-uk. And she ended up um, being falsely accused of a crime and sent to one of the re-education centers. And that details her experiences there. So everything we know about North Korea day-to-day life comes from these defectors who write books or give reports. And we there are a little glimpses of reporters who are allowed into North Korea um but obviously a lot of what they see is heavily monitored and cherry picked like right, they'll they, be in Pyongyang they're... where everything is totally different than like outside where people where like 5-year-olds are working in rice paddies
1: that's the if you go to visit North Korea as a tourist uh which may not happen anymore for Americans but um <laughs> You would be like you're allowed to go, but you have to have a guide. You stay in a specific hotel in Pyongyang. You mm-hmm. you see what they want you to see during the day, and then you get sent home at the end. Like there's no no exploring. It's very um, curated. Yeah,
0: yeah, and uh, also some of these defectors. Uh, it's always interesting hearing the stuff they believed while in North Korea because like like one of them uh, said they're taught that uh, Kim Jong you know the Kims can read minds. And, like, even after they left, like, uh, for years, they were, like, afraid. Like, when they, uh, Kim's going to read my mind, he's going to know I'm thinking bad thoughts. So even while I'm in South Korea safe, uh, I, I can't think any bad yeah, do- he's thoughts.
3: He's like cause evil Santa Claus, or dictator Santa yeah. Claus. <laughs> <laughs> he knows we'll- when
2: you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, <laughs> yeah. and he knows but- when you're thinking bad thoughts against Dear Leader.
1: <laughs> yeah, one thing, one thing that keeps more defectors from escaping, and defecting as well, is that there's, they have a policy where they will kill your family if you escape. Um, yeah. going like multiple generations actually that's back.
2: actually why I was reading since Kim jong-un has taken over that the whole um, it was called the policy of family responsibility and since Kim jong-un has taken over that is not true so much
1: anymore hmm. oh that's interesting yes well they came up progressive yeah you know, yay! <laughs> we so... won't kill your whole family right <laughs> that's yeah. a win
0: and also, uh, another part of that uh, the fear of, of fleeing is a lot of them they usually flee to China first because it's, like it's hard to get directly from South Korea, from North Korea, so you usually go to China first. Yeah. And if you get caught in China, you get uh, you might get risk getting deported back to North Korea, which well, you'll probably die if that happens. Yeah.
2: And women who try and escape to China have a whole mess of horrific things that happen to them. The brokers uh, often rape them. They get sold into sex trafficking in China or they're forced to marry Chinese men. And the whole time, like, you can be forced into a marriage with a Chinese man and at any time, the authorities can come arrest you and send you back to North Korea. And God forbid... So you're you're going to go to a different kind of prison than a re-education prison. Um, this is called a kwanliso. I'm not really sure if that's the way to pronounce it, but this is like an intense prison for um people who are high level political prisoners or people who try to escape and if you are pregnant by an quote-unquote impure race they will perform a forced abortion on you Ugh. so good luck surviving oh that God. yeah it's really 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 terrible
0: yeah i heard a little bit about like uh what happens to like the escort raping but like the details once you get to them obviously it gonna be much worse yeah yeah, it, yeah. it's
1: one of, it's something that happens a lot with with vulnerable populations in general ref, like refugees people um escape, like escaping places that they're they're putting their lives in someone else's hands um that that's often what happens
0: yeah because what, what you know we have when you have somebody who has a position of power over somebody who yeah. is really putting their lives in the hands of them like they'll, a lot of times people are you know they'll use it like especially if they're
1: like black market shady people exactly maybe, you know, it's like, not like you're just finding your average citizen who's like let me traffic yeah, some like, people yeah, like, <laughs> uh, yeah yeah
2: it's interesting how um sexual violence is used in north korea because it's not just something that happens to people who leave um in prisons it's used as a form of punishment and torture Um, It's like, oh, this is what's going to happen to you If you get sent to one of these places And even in the culture The culture has very uh, Enforced gender roles But recently There are these new economic markets That have opened up As food gets scarcer and scarcer Women have started to um, Develop their own small Little local markets Where they'll make a certain type of food And earn money that way and they're actually starting to earn money, more money than their male counterparts mm. through these little markets. And they're like they're using sexual violence as a way to repress that like this. You shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, like
3: retaliate like, against them because they're doing correct, than the men.
2: correct.
0: And they're going out, they their assigned roles in society. And exactly.
2: And, you know, going against the communist system, which is just supposed to... Like, the state is supposed to provide everything for you. Why would you go outside?
0: Yeah, sure, it's kind of like capitalism. <laughs> it's kind of like capitalism being infused into the, this North Korean regime a little bit.
2: <laughs> Forced gender roles work only if uh, everything everyone believes them.
0: Yeah, so. and also... Um, Speaking about the extreme uh, poverty going on now, like uh, like uh, John Oliver mentions, like if you look at the skyline, you'll see South Korea, which is lit up, and uh, and North Korea because their failing infrastructure from uh, decades past is all uh, like they don't have power to a lot of regions.
1: Oh yeah, if you look at it from space, um, North Korea is like this little black spot,
0: and like some of the defectors, uh, when they co- they to uh, reach South Korea and they see, like, toilets, they literally would drink out of the toilets because they're like, oh, this is, You wouldn't have clean, flowing water if it wasn't meant to drink for it because in North Korea, like, this is like a fucking from heaven, this mm-hmm. water. So they'll literally drink out of toilets because uh, they, they, they don't understand the idea that we have so much water everywhere else that we would just use it just to poop in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> also, it's worth noting that not only is, um, like Lauren points out, sexual violence used as an arm of uh, intimidation, but uh, as a method of intimidation, but the North Korean government actually makes meth too to sell like as mm-hmm. an export it's one of their biggest exports is methamphetamine um so literally the government like this is not like people doing not like a uh, private sector doing this stuff like black market people it's the government this the government, government produce meth yeah exactly <laughs>
0: and that's one of the reasons about to consider a rogue nation because they, they do a lot of shady shit like that that uh is not considered, uh, accepted by the UN and shit like
1: that? Yeah, you know, just like, just like concentration camps making meth and yeah. raping people. The, also- the
2: UN, actually, in 2014, ordered a report of the Commission of Inquiry on Human Rights in the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. And that is a really entertaining read if you have several hours to spare on 400 pages of horror. Like, <laughs> oh my God. you know, a nice, cozy beach read of, um... All of the human rights violations, and there are a lot. There are a lot.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little about the hunger in uh, North Korea <laughs> and the Hunger Games.
2: It's it's you'd be surprised at how how much those two things are connected. Um, North Korea has a lot of trouble producing enough food for its either twenty three to twenty five million people. We're not really sure how many people live there. Um, because they don't really use a whole lot of modern farming techniques to make enough food to feed them. So they use a lot of forced labor to do that, including, like, schoolchildren. Like, um, twice a year, all children leave school for a month to go plant and then harvest food. Um, oh, wow. But they still don't make enough, and there's a lot of food that gets sent to them as humanitarian aid. This is subject to a very, very long line of people skimming the food off the top so that by the time it gets down to the people who actually need it, there's not really a whole lot left.
0: And also, whenever they uh, threaten people with nooks, uh, that's also an excuse to get humanitarian aid. And then, as, as Lauren said, they'll skim off the top after trying everyone for food, basically. It,
1: it's yes. pretty similar to what you, you you saw in the Soviet Union and China where um, the, the Communist Party members basically... Consolidate all the wealth and yeah. food and everything, um, and the people actually get very little. I know this is a big criticism of capitalism too, where we're like, oh, this you know six, you know six CEOs have all the money, but no, it's like really consolidated. Like,
0: it is. <laughs> uh it's it, you know we, we can talk about capitalism or communism, but this is more like dictatorship where the people at top or have all the power and. You know, when you have a dictatorship in any system, uh, they're always going to consolidate power and and grow. Like, that's why you have checks and balances in the U.S. system and shit like that. Yeah. That's why democ- dem- it's more about what is democratic or fascist in, in a lot of ways.
1: Well, I think this is why a lot of people are just uh, hesitant to to go towards any system where the government gets more power. People are fearful because they're afraid. If if you say, okay, the government will own the, the farms and the steel mills, uh, at what point does the government start saying... Okay, the food's all mine then.
0: Yeah, you know theoretically you could uh, impose checks and balances to prevent one branch from doing what the Soviet Union did, but you know that's another discussion. Yeah. whether you can do it.
2: It's actually interesting how they organize society in North Korea. It's called the Songbun system, and it organizes people into three levels: um, loyalists, indifferent, and hostiles. So, from what I understand. Jobs, food, and housing are handed out based on how loyal you appear to the Kims and the Workers' Party of North Korea, which is basically like their own, the only union slash political party slash everything. So the more, and the loyalty, the more elite you are, the more like kowtowing bullshit you're expected to do. Like you need to visit a certain amount of like sites that are important to the Kim family during the year. The crimes that you confess have to be more intense than everyone. And like, you have to show more and more devotion the higher up this chain you are, or the insane network of informants, microphones and wiretapping. Like they'll discover you and then send you off to either a re-education camp or um, one of the, more intense Kwanliso prisons that North Korea actually does not admit even exist. And the only way to know that they do exist is through satellite imagery, because we've only had one person... (laughs) Oh, Jesus. like out his motorcycle.
1: Guy. He always jumps on his motorcycle and just takes off. Of <laughs>
2: in the middle, in the, just one out in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Typical yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm like fuck this
0: shit. <laughs> Sorry, my, uh, I'm, I'm my window's right next to me, and there's birds outside, there's motorcycles. <laughs> like, you'll hear the sounds of nature <laughs> and the sounds of automation at same time. Yeah.
2: Um, we've only had one politi- one defector that survived one of the Quanliso prisons. Um And the only other way we know that they exist is through satellite imagery that shows, like, these vast swath of concentration camp areas. Um, There's probably about 11 of these more intense prisons where you're basically sent to die. Um, But, like I said, the North Korean government doesn't admit that they exist.
0: That's not a staple of uh, communist regimes. Have a, a, a camp where you torture and kill people. The gulags. Deny they exist. Yeah, yeah exactly. Gulags.
1: And you, no one knows. No one talks about them. It's just people disappear and are never. Yeah, heard and then from they erase again. you
0: from all your photos. Literally, and that literally happens.
1: It, it, it happens. Yep.
2: Even children, like this, is horrific. Children with disabilities are either killed, or the government officials will come to the houses of parents. And say, hey, we notice that you have a disabled child. Do you want to send him to the disabled child center? And over and over and over again until the parents eventually agree, the children is the child is deleted from the registry and their birth certificate is destroyed, and it's basically like that child does not exist. And I tried to find it. Literally, no one knows what happens to these children, ever. Mm. And no disabled people at all live in Pyongyang. And from what. The UN can ascertain the disabled, um, the, pe- the percentage of people living with both physical and mental disabilities in North Korea is around 3%, while in normal nations that don't practice eugenics, it's about 10 to 15%.
1: Wow. Yeah. So, so posing this question to you, Sly, uh, since yeah. you brought this up before, uh, is it not okay for a regime change to happen here?
0: Okay, that's, that's uh, you want to transition to my topic, or you want to...
1: Um, sure, I mean, I, I want Lauren to finish off, actually, whatever she has to say. And yeah, then... yeah, so save that question. Okay. Didn't. I'm, I'm holding it. Okay, I'll hold it.
2: <laughs> um, and the last thing I wanted to talk about is, one of the more brutal ways they used to control their people is through the use of public executions. Now, this is why I mentioned the Hunger Games before. Basically, the whole village will have to gather, um, into a central place, which is usually like a schoolyard, because that's the one kind of building that every, like, small little community will have. And that's you
0: know, a great spot for it, where all the kids go to school, right?
2: Right. The the one uh, woman I mentioned, um, Lee Hyon So, she mentions that when she was seven years old, she watched someone be machine-gunned to death.
0: Oh. oh, God. And
2: it didn't even register her, like, that was a weird thing. She still, she talks about how she used to sing a song called Nothing to Envy, because... What was there to envy because North Korea was the greatest nation in the whole world? Of course, you know, people have to be publicly executed for their crimes. How else would it be? How would you How would you learn not to do what they did? Yeah,
3: if you have no point of reference to, like, learn from, like, that kind of seeing men get machine gunned down would be normal to you. Yeah,
0: that's your view of how, you know, that's your view of justice and how justice maintains society, yeah.
1: Mike. Yeah, because obviously these places don't portray themselves as like, we're just killing innocent people. It's always, this is, this is necessary for... Defectors the... and
3: traitors.
1: Yeah, because yeah. they're, they're trying to bring down the security of our nation.
2: And the way that even the, the um, North Korean media reports these deaths, I don't know if you guys remember, a couple of months ago, uh, Kim Jong-un's uncle was said to have been like yeah. killed by a rocket. Yeah. Or something. Uh, one of his nephews was reportedly um, flame to death
1: in another country, too. Right? Are you talking about the one who was killed? in no, Malaysia? No,
2: not the one who was killed in Malaysia. This is within the uh, within the country. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, like the media, the North Korean media reports on this things so like in a positive. Like we machine, like we machine gun him to death. We. we hit this guy with flamethrowers until he there was nothing left we fired a rocket like look at all this great things that our nation does to people who are disloyal
1: yeah yeah it's pretty sick
2: it's really horrifying
1: so sly defend this
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this is you know it's always tough this this is why the like the neoliberal imperialists should always uh, gain traction in discourse because you know it's easy to look at the shit and say oh my god we have to save those people And that, you know, the ideal world We come in and save those people uh, Of course, right? But, uh, you know, it turns out politics is, And international politics are more complicated Than uh, we're often led to believe No way uh, for, Like, for one thing um, Obviously we have China uh, on Who wants to keep North Korea So we're not on their fucking border
1: Yeah, actually, that's, a, that's something we should mention right now for the for yeah. a long time china propped up north korea like the reason Korean, north korea didn't yet yeah, the reason north korea did not completely get taken over by the u.s and other u.n troops was because china sent a million troops over the border and pushed the u.n back like china stabilized yeah and
0: the general like wanted to start a war with china and the president was like you no, you're not you're, and he fired him
1: that's that's yeah. what ended that war and only very recently has china started to Kind of diplomatically back away from North Korea. They're like, if you keep going so crazy, we really can't back this up anymore. Like, we're we're modernizing, our economy's growing. We kind of can't have a crazy younger brother like threatening to stab everyone.
0: But this, they still like uh, encourage uh, America to work with uh, North Korea and shit like that uh, to avoid war. Yeah, because they also like uh, they're afraid of regime change too. Because if if North Korea falls, like there's gonna be uh, you know China's right on the border. All those refugees are gonna go to China. And, like, uh, like, you know, as you can see in Europe, ugh, people don't like refugees in their countries. Not
1: just don't like, it's, like, it's unsupportable at a certain level. And, you know, they, yeah, it is the whole this Syrian is... refugee thing. Yeah.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, this up. is, like, 23 million people. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah
1: exactly. it's way bigger than the Syrian refugee crisis would ever be. Like, this is 23 million, not just 23 million people. It's 23 million people with no education, no understanding of how the world works, with very little skill, malnourished. And you're going to unleash them on South Korea and China, really. And yeah. what 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 nation could do like deal with that really and like and like
0: if we were doing a regime change like uh, those people will fight us too by the way because they're mm-hmm. indoctrinated that we're the enemy yeah like, even I don't even think
2: lot... that they're that indoctrinated
0: not, not not all of them but there's gonna be a, a large segment that will be there was like, actually a,
2: a survey conducted inside of North Korea recently it was the very first survey conducted it was in let me check the um 2016. And it wasn't a whole lot of people. It was 36 people that they asked in North Korea, but that's 36 more than they ever asked. It was 20 men and 16 women between the ages of 20 and 80. And almost all of them, to a T, said that um, friends, families, or neighbors complained or made jokes about the regime in private. Um, all but one say that they people... That say people they know complain and make jokes about the government, that that's an extraordinary number given the gravity with which the regime responds to criticisms. So these 36 people that they asked, to a person except for one of them who might have been too afraid, was like, yeah, like everybody knows it's bullshit and it's myth. A lot of the defectors even say that as children, they know that what they like, that what they learn can't possibly be true, but they know not to spoil the story.
3: But so I think there's a difference between them saying like that they ridicule the uh, their government as opposed to like a foreign invader coming in to topple and overthrow yeah, and create chaos. And
0: that's that's one we have to mention because people underestimate how much a foreign invader changes the equation. Like yeah. people don't. Understand. That's like, true. Like that's absolutely Afghanistan. True. Uh, they were, like they interviewed I think I forget how long ago, 2015 or something like that. They interviewed like them. People in Afghanistan, like, oh, do you know about nine eleven? Like most of them don't know what nine eleven was, and they're like, well, so the only reason they fight is because you're in our land. So get the fuck out! Like that's yeah. why we're fighting you. We don't
1: give a shit about nine eleven or the shit. We want to fight you because you're in our land right now. Not to mention that these people may be critical of their government and be like, this kind of sucks, but they probably don't actually they probably hear a lot of stuff about what the imperialist dogs are going to do to you if they take over mm-hmm. and yeah. this this actually worked a lot in World War 2 on like the Japanese were like if we ever yes, get captured by absolutely. american soldiers they will torture us to death and so fighting is kind of like in their minds like the only option again for some of them that that, that would be the case not for all but um, yeah which, i which do a, yeah.
2: think that there is a lot more stuff getting snuck into north korea mm-hmm. that I, uh, I know that, yes, a foreign invader definitely changes the equation, but this is a hungry nation where, like, there's corruption yeah. at every level, and I think foreign invader is below I'm hungry. Is the foreign invader, like, handing out food? Is Are people dying from it? No? Okay. I think yeah, that also... Yeah, I think, I I think, I
0: think we, w- we would assume that, but, like, we can, like, I I I just I don't see a circumstance will be a there's no way it's gonna be a clean invasion like no, that desk, no no like would never and everyone would
2: be like now. we'll be welcomed as liberators that's not gonna happen but I don't think the resistance is gonna be as high
3: I doubt we could supply them until they have like their uh, you know for fifty years
0: yeah two things oh uh, yeah. As evidenced by Iraq and the, the the fucking no big contracts we did of that shit to, and got cheap results from oh, like, building construction shit like that, mm-hmm. uh, we don't have the dedication to uh, building infrastructure for conquered nations that we used to have like during yeah. like, after oh World yeah two and shit like that. Marshall Plan is a long gone. <laughs> yeah, like it, like uh, so. It'll, no matter what will happen like, uh, A lot of people will die a- After the fucking uh, America invades North Korea Whenever that happens
1: And the more imminent threat Immediately before before, before the long term deaths Is North Korea's military Even though it is outdated Is pretty big And yeah. they have lots of Conventional artillery Just If you if you guys look at a map of Korea Seoul, the capital of South Korea Is like really close to the border It in,
2: is right there
1: Yeah, in artillery yeah. range of North Korea So any kind of war Even if we got a preemptive strike um, would probably result in the destruction of half of Seoul before U.S. troops could actually take out uh, North Korean artillery. So they kind of have, like, South Korea as, like, a hostage. They're like, if you ever fuck with us, we will just destroy as much of South Korea as we can. Mm-hmm. And
2: there are millions of people living in Seoul. Like, immediately yeah, yeah. that's, like,
3: yeah, it's, millions that's, that's of people dead. Yeah, that's a massive dead. humanitarian crisis. It really yeah. is. it's is such a... It's like... That's
1: why I posed this question to slide but I actually... I don't know what the right answer for this is. And I, yeah. I don't know, if, actually, if
3: there is an answer. This is kind of just like... I, yeah, like I feel like, like it's lose, weird lose. to look at history a lot of times as to, like, what is the right answer to stuff. It's, yeah, it's not.
0: And that's why I want to transition to my article. My article is from the New York Times uh, from last month. It's a U.S. press uh, to pursue deal to freeze North Korea missile tests. Uh, basically, uh, I brought this up. This is the reason why I suggest this topic was because you hear in the media, you you, uh, you hear the suggestions for how to deal with North Korea. You hear invasion. You hear uh, co- starting a trade war with China, starting an actual war with North Korea. You have, like, people in the Graham saying, oh, yeah, it doesn't, it's not a big deal if we start a war because only people will die with being uh, South he's Korean. He's such North a Korea, war hawk.
3: Mean. He's so dumb. I, yeah. I just want, as an aside, I hate when people, like, compliment him for standing up to Trump. When it's like, this yeah, is the guy the that leadership. wants us to put boots on the ground to fight ISIS, too. Yeah, and but
0: that, that's why I bring this up because the only discourse you have is usually from... Uh, war hawks or uh, people that trying to suggest a trade war of China. And uh, uh, they asked Noam Chomsky about this uh, Libby lib that he is. <laughs> and he, br- he brought up a suggestion that, like, it's, it's perfectly reasonable, but no one's talking about it at all. I, I, I brought this up to Phil and Daryl and Ryan, and they were like, I don't know about this either. And you say, yeah, we could do all those things, or we could just go with the deal that the North Koreans suggested, which is uh, to reduce uh, uh, our presence on... And our, our weapons, our weapons, uh, military exercises, military exercises, exactly on the border. It's because base and basically, uh, if, we, if we do that, they'll freeze the nuclear program for the time being. Did you know? Did you know about that offer, Lauren?
2: Yes, I did. Uh, I think the problem with that is that you, uh, at no point, do I believe that you can trust the Kim regime. To yeah. do anything that because they, they do this all the time, they'll be oh yeah. we'll stop if you send us this food, and then they send us the food, and then you know all the the UN sends them the food, and they just keep going.
1: It's like going going back to that hostage situation analogy. It's like someone has a hostage, and they're like if all the police just go home, I will not shoot the hostage. They don't even say I'm gonna release them. They're like I'm gonna just not shoot them, and you're like no, like you can't you can't do
3: that. There were also parts back in I think the sixties. They were part of the nuclear. Disarmament treaty, but they they uh, didn't want anybody inspecting their country, like the UN inspectors yeah. coming over. So they could do like the same thing here, where they're like, "We'll, we'll freeze our programs, but you can't inspect it."
1: I mean, it's it, it's fair for them to want nukes, I think, as as far as like security goes, because you know, if if they didn't have nukes, you know, maybe they would have already been Iraqed and invaded and occupied. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like. I
3: mean, if they had oil, they would have been. <laughs> well, you're saying,
0: you're saying that you're saying that the, the, we'll let the hostages uh, to uh, fencers their face. But South Korea, the South Korean president was elected running on uh, supporting this deal, and he's saying to America, support this deal. He's, uh, South Korean president is currently pushing America along with China to take this deal up. So if South Korea, the hostages are saying, please. Don't kill us! Please take this deal. <laughs> Isn't that? Uh, uh, I think that's a bi- big uh, plus towards taking this deal. And Sarko does talk about what you're mentioning that in the, uh, during the it talks about in, the, in 1994, the Clinton administration had a freeze, and when Bush came to power, they restarted the nuclear, the nuclear program. And when uh, when Bush negotiated freeze, they started again under Obama. But what the article talks about is uh Korean experts say uh, like uh, defense experts on Korea say we should take the deal anyway just so we can prevent the freeze for the time being like that 's the best option even for the time being. If we can stop the program even for a little bit that's better than uh this risking a war of them like we 're doing now
1: but is that a is that a real solution
0: if if we have a situation where we risk destroying so of South Korea and South Korea is like please we don't want to die." I think it's worth considering. At the very least, I think should be part of the national discussion, which is not, which it is not at this point.
3: Yeah. Okay, I'll agree with you there. Yeah, it seems I just to... kind of like a band aid to the whole solution.
0: When you have a situation like this, uh, what is not a band aid? That's and true. Our band aid is yeah. not the best thing you can have.
1: I, I just I look at this a lot, and I'm like, if if we were talking about like World War II and Hitler's regime right now, like. People would feel so differently, like we have to stop mm. we have to close the concentration camps, ASAP. But when it comes to like North Korean concentration camps, people are like, this is kinda of just part of life. Like, well, what are you it's gonna like do?
2: Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard says like no one cares if dictators kill their own people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: but, he has this whole bit yeah. about, oh, Hitler was killing the Jews and Polish people. You know, that was that was his mistake. Pol Pot and Stalin can kill all their own people and the world just kind of is like, well, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's because it's like,
3: well, they live there, so they... they
0: Here's here's another 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 shit I'm going to risk uh, bringing up. Uh, One of the reasons why is because whenever we... One of the reasons why we do that generally now is because when we did, uh, we incentivized other countries to get nuclear weapons so that way we won't uh, haphazardly install regime regime changes. Uh, This is an article from the Telegraph from uh, last year, January, when... North Korea was uh, defending; they had a, a miniature hydrogen bomb that they called their "H bomb of justice," and they were. I approve of
1: that name. Yeah,
0: and they're defending their usage of it, and uh, they they brought up uh, Saddam Hussein in Iraq and Muammar, Muammar Gaddafi in Libya, and they and they said uh, Muammar Gaddafi, because Muammar Gaddafi, for people who don't know, Muammar Gaddafi under the, under Bush, he. Uh, uh, gave up his nuclear weapons, and Butch was like, "You see, this is an example. Of all other countries ...you should give up your nuclear weapons, and you'd be welcomed as a legitimate figure into the Western world, and you'd be praised, and all this shit." And he was trying to use Muammar Gaddafi as an example to countries like North Korea f- to abandon their nuclear weapons program. But what happened was, uh, under you know, Muammar Gaddafi was a bad person, but what happened? This is what this is why the, the, the typical idea of bad person, get rid of dictator, it'll be good for everyone, is bad because. Under uh, Muammar Gaddafi, UN nations had military intervention to support rebels to end uh, what they called crimes against humanity, well what were crimes against humanity. And uh, because they uh, helped the rebels, they bombed uh, Gaddafi's uh, convoy as he was trying to skip the country. Uh, Muammar Gaddafi was captured by the rebels. He was sodomized uh, with baton by the rebels, tortured, yeah. and then killed. Like he had a brutal death, and and like people act like. These are rational actors, but you know people generally act on incentives. And what the incentive that uh, North Korea is right now is they know their regime is basically going to collapse. Is, is at the risk of collapse if the people or anyone else rise against them. If, if America uh, invades, they're basically terrified of what happened to Gaddafi is happening to them. And because of what happened to Gaddafi, we're basically and what happened to uh, Saddam. We basically, told the rest of the world that if you don't have nuclear weapons, we'll freely invade you without any consequences. So, get nuclear weapons right away, and uh, or else we will invade like ASAP.
1: I you said you were gonna say a sh- like uh unleash another shitstorm, but I think like, yeah, if I was Kim Jong Un, I would want nukes. I, I I think he is being rational, it's just can we say, well, okay, you know, that's I know, but that's
0: that's but I, I bring that I say free as a shitstorm because I don't want to seem like I'm, I know people will say, oh, you're defending Kim Jong Un, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm saying. This is why regime changes like this is not the pretty picture we paint in, like the, like dumbasses like Bush paint, because uh, even like a smart little person like Obama, Obama said he the biggest regret of his presidency was not considering the ramifications of his uh, his
1: overthrow of Gaddafi. Yeah, both both Iraq and Libya were destabilized. An interesting note: both Saddam Hussein and Muammar Gaddafi wanted to start selling oil in euro and not us dollars hmm. <laughs> conspiracy pump they both died for it no but it is it is valid like that these these countries did not have nukes and they were ripe for foreign intervention whereas we always have to treat north korea with a, a certain amount of respect because they could nuke south korea or japan yeah i've read in, yeah.
3: in two different articles i read they were talking about that it's it, it's incorrect to think of Kim Jong Un as a madman, or they act irrational, or that you know he's acting crazy. Because it is kind of rational to try and be like, I have, like, we have nuclear weapons. We will use them if we get like touched at all. because you're just trying yeah. to keep people away from your territory because you're afraid that you know your your regime's going to end. Especially when you look at the U.S. and the destruction that they can cause. It's like they they know they don't stand a chance against them. So you have to start acting, like, a little crazy to hopefully keep them away yeah. from you. Yeah.
0: And America it, does that, too. America, oh, Nix used a madman yeah, mad uh, where he would pretend like I can nuke anyone. And he, according to what I read, he actually did uh, order nukes, but it was, uh, Kissinger basically made a rule that he, any nuke order had to go through him. So, like, he probably was a little bit of a madman, Thank actually. you, Henry
1: Kissinger, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. guess, for that. Yeah. The <laughs> only time I'll, I ever want to hear that phrase.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, like, but like um... I, I just want to I, I bring this up because you have... Some people even say, like, we have to invade North Korea. Even if they nuke Seoul, even if they nuke Guam, we have to invade Seoul so, they ha- so uh, we get rid of their nukes because they're madmen, and they'll nuke us willy-nilly. When in reality, um, they probably won't uh, nuke us cause, uh, willy-nilly because we'll probably kill them, and they probably know that. Yeah, we will erase I them. think
2: that willingness to nuke, though, comes from the terrible American education system where... All we learn about nuclear weapons is, oh, we used one on Hiroshima, one on Nagasaki, and it forced Japan to surrender. And you don't learn anything else. Yeah. I wrote my thesis on the lies that American high school children learn about dropping the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And to do that, I read lots of first-person accounts of what it was like to be on the ground when the bombs went off. And with armed with that knowledge, I would never wish nuclear war on any nation in the world because i am not a monster yeah. the willingness to nuke just comes from people not understanding what happens to a nation and a human body like and not like people in north korea are largely innocent and their only crime is to be born under yeah. uh under this regime yeah. are yep. we gonna vaporize them in two seconds because of that like that I, is ridiculous I,
1: I think... The way people often look at it, though, is not, um, are nukes good or bad. It's like, it's it's a matter of options, and, and the most people will look at it and say, okay, so we won't nuke North Korea, we'll land 300,000 U.S. soldiers that are going to fight with a million North Korean soldiers, and it's going to be a, a slaughter on both sides. Uh, is that is that more moral to, to shoot and run over people with tanks and bayonet them than to vaporize them? But
2: that's the same lie that was written about Japan, and it wasn't true. The whole, oh... This would mean a million American casualties. Is that worth it? That wasn't even but it, true.
1: Yeah, it definitely wasn't a million, but is is 100,000 okay? Like, at, at what point does it become more or less moral to kill people conventionally than uh, than with nuclear weapons? I, I agree that, that the effects of nuclear weapons are, are extremely horrible, but um, the question over... Like, if if military action is going to happen anyway... Is is one more or less moral? How do we quantify that? Is it the amount of people who die? Is it who's dying? Is it the way they die? Because if military action is happening, nukes are conventionally... Like, literally hundreds of thousands of people are going to be maimed and killed. So, you know, I, I don't know if it's just, like, good or bad. Like, there's... You have to weigh which way... Like, how are people going to be killing each other?
0: Well, the problem with using nukes is that uh, if you use nukes at all... You open the door to more nukes mm-hmm. on the, the, yeah, you know, world stage. Like that's one reason why people haven't used it in general because uh, if nukes become like a tactic, yeah, like, then that's terrible. I feel like we yeah, would really
3: view uh, nuclear weapons differently if the U.S. got hit with one.
2: Absolutely. Like yeah. look at how yeah, Japan definitely. looks at nuclear weapons. Yeah.
3: Yeah, of course.
2: That's a it's a totally different situation. If the U.S. ever got hit with one, you wouldn't have like some hillbilly.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, you, Republican, might, you might still, but less of like, those people. Like
2: congressmen, like here's what we got to do. I really don't. If a nuclear strike was in America's like cultural memory, there, I don't think there's anything that could possibly possess anyone to suggest that it would. Like, I don't, I, I don't know.
0: I, I, feel, I feel like if we got if we had a, uh, another like war, like on the level of war too on our soil, that also uh, change our perspective. Yeah, like, that, if we, that's if we what to... I was gonna
1: say. That like yeah, people wouldn't, but that's also because they 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 would have seen it. Like people, citizens, civilians would have citizens, seen. Citizens, yes. Whereas otherwise, war happens kind of like as this foreign thing for us. So, I, I yeah, people wouldn't have want want to use, nuclear weapons to be used, but it's also like they probably wouldn't want children being blown up in Afghanistan either. That,
0: that's, that's, our, uh, that's that's worth bringing up, because that's our, uh, the criticism of our attitude towards nuclear is also our criticism towards our our attitude towards war in general, because wars in America are generally fought uh, by our soldiers, and, uh, like, the one time we we had our, our citizens, like, the few times we had our citizens involved, we could say, like, the worst thing ever, like, in the Civil War, but, like, if we had, like, World War Two when we were, we had, uh, the British had to go to bomb shelters, because the fucking... Uh, uh, you know, Nazis were bombing them, and they all were huddled in fear that they're going to die. Like that would be a different reality and a different perspective on war in general, probably. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, anything else sad about this topic, guys? Uh, what do we fucking do? Yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. I, I I didn't bring this up like as a way to just make more uh, horrible fears to worry about, but because this is a question, and uh, it is worth bringing up a leftist perspective on it because in, in the media you'll generally have people like. Saying how great, how beautiful our bombs are and shit like that. Uh, <laughs> which one, yeah. which, which, I forget which one, Brian Williams, I think, said about the, our, our bombing of Syria. Like, oh, our, I'm impressed by the beauty of our weapons. <laughs> Ignoring the fact that those, those weapons will fucking kill people when they land and yeah. shit like that.
3: Yeah, It's kind of weird thinking about, because um, when Lauren was bringing up like, the, their internment camps over there, that we kind of like, since North Korea is doing this to their own people, are like, oh, whatever. That we you almost think of north korea it, that it, it is more peaceful than like uh, isis what they're doing in the middle east but at the same time it's still like a lot of people are being imprisoned and tortured and they have no one to fight back in north korea or like not people that we know of publicly
1: and more people than isis is killing. yes like it, it's on a bigger like, scale it, like this Way seems
3: more. like more of an important problem that <laughs> i don't know what to do about it
0: it's an important problem but like this is like this is why uh, it, you know there's a growing uh, inter- anti-intervention streak because you know there's questions whether we're doing we're, like uh, like I said Gaddafi's downfall was what could have been called a good thing but uh, then it led to North yeah. Korea increasing the nuclear power. Like,
1: well we, wait we, guys we, don't worry we this is a hard question but we have someone really capable and intelligent in the White House who will decide oh, yeah. this for us we, <laughs> we don't have to worry that's true it's oh. gonna be okay if I could uh, entrust this issue to anyone... <laughs> yeah,
3: It's the guy it blagging his nuclear dick on Twitter right now. <laughs> that's why <laughs> I, think I think a lot of people were sh- were shocked
1: about this, because in the past, the Kims always do this, where they're like, we'll nuke you, and then the American president says, alright, whatever, and they give them some humanitarian aid, and then the next year they do it again, and it's like a, it's like a r- repetitive thing. And that's why this time, when they're like, we'll nuke you, and Trump's like, yeah, I'll fucking nuke you back. Fire and fury! Uh, yeah. People were like, "Uh, wait, this could actually lead to war," because <laughs> if you Cause have, because
0: now, now we we got our own fucking uh, demagogue, uh, <laughs> our madman. Yeah, man. and
1: the the whole like the whole um, Kim family being you know the madmen to protect themselves, it kind of relies on the rest of the world being rational and saying, "Okay, ch- chill out." And if the rest of the world's like, "Come on, fucking do it, let's go," um, th- that game of chicken can get dangerous very quickly.
0: That's another scary thing as, as now as uh, people are, uh, you know uh, globalization is failing. And people are electing more right-wing governments. Uh, this has become more of an issue.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I will have to see what happens in the coming years. I, I, don't think this is a sustainable situation. But I also think that any kind of solution is going to be extremely messy and a humanitarian oh, yeah. crisis, and cost... Lots, millions yeah. will die. Millions of lives. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, good luck, you, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Good luck, guys. I hope, you're hope you enjoy in South listening. Korea,
3: we're sorry. <laughs>
2: we certainly don't have the answers for you. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but hopefully we provided some perspectives for you guys to think about and, and add to the discourse yeah. um, so thanks for listening guys um, we've been Oops I Talked Politics if you have not already uh, I, usually this is Ryan so I'm just going to be winging this uh, if you <laughs> yeah. haven't already joined the Facebook group it's Oops I talked Divisive Issues um, we have a lot of talk there for this show and our other show Divisive Issues where we talk about shitty comic books or sometimes not shitty comic books um
0: usually shitty comments usually
1: shitty ones and we're part of the comrade radio network so if you are not part of that you should join that facebook group as well there are some great shows like square roots which i don't know what they're doing this week but it's probably cool and falling in love montage and falling in love montage also don't know what they're doing this week but it's probably (laughs) also good this is why we need ryan Ryan, where are you (laughs) um all right so thanks for listening uh I've been an emotional man-baby wagging my nuclear dick around.
3: I've been hungry and in the Hunger Games.
2: I've been a frog at the bottom of the well.
3: And I've... I'm probably dead in five years. <laughs> 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 Oops, end of the
1: podcast. .com, independent podcasting network.